Hey church, I hope you had an awesome, awesome week uh, and you're looking forward to a great future filled with hope. Come on, touch your neighbor and say, your future is greater than your past. Because it is full of hope. Touch your neighbor and say, it is full of hope. I truly believe that your future is greater than your past because your future is full Amen. of hope. Where, where I really believe, God is impressing it on my heart to continue talking about hope because I really believe that in, in perilous times such as these, if there's one message that we, that the world needs to hear right now, is a message of hope. It's, it's really, really important for us as a, as a church, as the body of Christ, as the voice of God, so to say, in the world, uh, as the body of Christ on the earth to communicate a message of hope and not a message of, of condemnation, not a message of fear, not a, uh, not a, not a message of guilt, uh, not a message that, that it puts fear and threatening into people. Uh, rather than doing all of those things, I really believe that the world needs to hear the church communicate with hope. And the world needs to know the difference. See, the, the, the world has a definition of hope and the church needs to communicate its definition of hope. And our definition of hope is about our faith in God that really enables us to ex have a joyful expectation. So the title of my message today is Living in Hope. All right. So as believers in God's word, we don't look at current circumstances. We don't look at the broken pieces of our lives, the broken pieces of the economy. We don't look at the broken pieces of government and politics and, and who's an authoritarian and who's this and who's a dictator and all that kind of stuff. We don't look at, at the pieces, the broken pieces of our lives and, and, and have hope that those pieces will be fixed together and something will work out for our good. We use certain verses in the Bible to really formulate or reformulate what the world has really dictated hope to be. See, all things working for our good is not in the context of the broken pieces of our lives. When we look at the broken pieces of our lives and we have a desire for these broken pieces to be mended together and, and this business coming together and oh yeah, I hope one day it'll, it'll, it'll do really good and God will bring it together and all that kind of stuff. It is not hope, ladies and gentlemen. It is optimism. It's the world's definition of hope. But when the church defines hope, it is our faith in God that God just won't take the broken pieces of our lives and, and fix them and give it back to us. But He'll take the broken pieces of our lives and give us something new. Amen. Come on. That's what we're hoping for. Amen. 
We're not hoping for if if my marriage or my husband or my wife is is our marriage is in in pieces at the moment, Pastor. And you know, I don't know what to do. And my kids are it's, it's all pieces, and I'm and I'm waiting for God to bring it all together. No, He just wants to take all those brokenness, all those pieces, and He wants to recreate you into a new creation. He wants to make your husband or your kids or your wife into a new creation. Amen. Amen. Come on, somebody. That's the definition of hope. We're not looking to repair what is broken. We want new, new. Come on now. That's your neighbor and say, are you ready for the new, new of God? (laughs) So optimism, you know, the world's definition of hope, which is optimism, carries in itself a desire for an outcome, but with a possibility that it may not work out also. Let me let me give you an example. I'm I'm just I'm just teasing some people who love Liverpool. But <laughs> but let's just say you're watching a football game, super important football game uh, of the English Premier League and Liverpool is playing Manchester United. And you are a Liverpool fan and you've got the t-shirt with your name in the background that I printed. You know what I'm talking to. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Yep. And you're watching the game and you are into the game and you know all the players' names and everything and all that kind of stuff. And and Manchester United. And you have hope. Hope Liverpool will win. Hope Liverpool will win. Hope, I hope they will win. But I'm not talking about this person. I'm talking about people in general. It's an example, okay? <laughs> and so now you're hoping that Manchester United will lose. How many of you know that that's just plain optimism? Because at the back of your mind, you know that if Manchester United turn up today, they bring their best game, there's a chance that Liverpool can lose. That's not hope. It's optimism. And that's what I'm trying to... The the definition of hope in the church has been watered down to just plain optimism. If you have hope with a with even an inclination of fear that things might not work out, it is not hope, it is optimism. When you receive a promise from God, you're not hoping that promise comes to pass based on what circumstances are around you. He is not even bothered by what is happening here. But you must understand, God is not intimidated, neither is He moved by what is the broken pieces of your life. Yeah. He's just looking to see whether you have faith in Him that He will make all things new. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. When God heals your body, He's not just repairing a broken organ. Yeah. He's giving you a new one. Yeah. <laughs> So if you had settled for God, just heal the same one. As that was optimism. Oh, come on now. Come on, you've got to come into a place of understanding what living in hope looks like. Living in hope looks like there is no fear. There is no plan B. God said all things will become new. Yeah. <laughs> If he says all things are new for a new creation, that means all things, including the organs in your body, the cells in your body, 
your husband, your wife, your kids, your your bank account, your jobs, your cars, everything becomes new. Come on, man. I love hope. How many of you love hope? Awesome. So, hope, ladies and gentlemen, is not man's definition of what God can do. But hope is a virtue of God. Man, as much as man tries to define hope, it will still fall fall short compared to what God can do. And so God, when it comes to hope, He wants you to put your faith in Him. He doesn't want you to put your faith in Him depending on whether your pastor prays for you or not. Whether prophet so-and-so gives you a prophetic word for 2022. Hope means I put complete faith only in you. If you said it, there is no plan B. As long as it takes. There is no plan B as long as it takes. There is no plan B. There is only plan God as long as it takes. And so the virtue of hope enters into a person when that person receives a promise from God. So our hope is never in man. As good as your husband is, as good as your wife is, as awesome as your pastor is, and as awesome as the worship team is, as awesome as your life coach is, Your responsibility is to not put your hope in man. Your responsibility is to put your hope in God. And so hope, ladies and gentlemen, living in hope means that I completely, 100%, completely put my trust in God alone. And this supernatural God, what are we saying when we say I have hope in God? We're saying that this supernatural being called God that I have a relationship with, I trust that this God, according to his nature, his character and his abilities that I've seen in the past and I've experienced it, now I know when he has given me a promise, I'm not going to think about anything else. I'm not even going to help him to get the promise to come to pass. He said it, he will do it. And it will come to pass. And that's what God expects from us. When Jesus was with his disciples, he says, hey, when the Son of Man comes to the world, he's looking for faith. Will he find faith? It's important for us to understand that statement. And I'm going to get into it in a little bit. But I I want to show you how in your life you can identify whether you have hope or not. Are you ready for it? Okay. Let's go to Romans chapter 15. I want to read one verse and we'll we'll just continue from there. Romans chapter 15 and verse 13 says this. Now, may the God of hope. Wow. So he's a God of hope. Wow. So which means hope is his virtue. It is his nature. It's It's who he is. The God of hope, listen to this, fill you with all joy and peace, where? In believing. 
He's filling you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So the virtue of hope in a person is identified by unexplainable joy, peace beyond measure, and patience in the waiting because hope in hope is living from the unseen future in the present. I hope you got that. Hope is living from the unseen future in the present. So which means that I don't have to. Hope means I don't have to see it to believe it. You know, I don't need proof. You don't have to do a miracle for me to believe God. Oh, come on. Now this completely changes this, this, the, 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 the new thing of Christianity that people have been living. But when you come to a church like Life Church Global, everybody is busy, busy believing God. And we believe in God. We love God's word. We want God's word. Why? Because that's where our hope comes from. Our hope does not come in just miracle signs and wonders. Of course, that encourages us. We love seeing God moving. There's a separate portion to that. I'm going to teach that a little bit. But I'm, I love this church because I receive promises from God. When I receive promises from God, in the promise, in that prophetic promise from God through man, right, comes a virtue. That virtue gets on the inside of me and now all of a sudden I just have this joy. I can't explain it. I can't, you can't give me a candy bar and say, can you be even more joyful? I can't, that's, it's full. I'm full of joy all the time. I've lost my job, but I'm full of joy. That they, I've lost everything. I lost my car, lost my money, lost everything. People have left me, but I somehow seem to have this joy. This joy that cannot be, un, it's unspeakable. I don't know. It just comes from somewhere, this joy. That's what I'm talking about. That's what living with hope is. That's how you know a Christian is with hope because they're not like ups and downs, you know? Good day. Breakthroughs are happening. Joy. Doing. Gone up. The graph has gone up. Every, now you're good to everybody. Give freely. Come and I'll buy you lunch. i buy you coffee. You want your t-shirt? I'll buy a t-shirt also. Because God is a good God. And then all of a sudden you don't steward your finance as well. And then you have that mm, down curve. And then you, brother, please pray for me. What happened to your joy, man? I'm, I'm just looking for it. God, I tell you, I'm believing God for a miracle. Where's your joy? I'm believing God for a miracle. Where's your joy? Have you forgotten what God told you? Have you forgotten the promises that God gave you over your life? Have you forgotten that God was watching over you from the day you were born, from the time you were in your mother's womb? He was speaking over you. He was, he was creating opportunities for you to come into a place where you and He can engage with one another and you can build a history with God. Hope is living from the unseen future 
in the present which means god does not have to manifest his word for me to have joy yeah i don't have to see it yeah. now we're talking about christianity <laughs> look we all get tested we all are tried in this area we all get grumpy sometimes we all do it there is no perfect church there's no perfect christian but we're all being perfected you were way better this year than you were last year thank god for that right so your faith level is a little better this year than it was last year i mean amazing great awesome awesome your attendance to god's word and church and life group is way better this year than last year look they say they say usually they say that the third sunday of the month is when people's gym subscriptions go south okay this is when everybody starts dropping out from all their resolutions that they made in the beginning of the year but thank god archers don't believe in these resolutions in fact we take all the stuff and we tear it and we throw it apart <laughs> we we want a reformation of our mind based on what god is saying So the promises of God to us give us hope to live for a better future tomorrow. So the future that I'm seeing is not in the present, it's not in the physical, but it is in my heart. I can see what God is saying. Somehow God embeds into his promise, into his word a movie or a picture. He just embeds it into that and he gives it to you as you believe that word and you receive it you receive a measure of hope on the inside of you but it causes you to look at this movie all the time you get to see this promise happening all the time and so now you even though you don't have anything in the in the natural you're just looking at this movie your eyes are fixed on the promise your eyes are constantly fixed what eyes he talking about he's talking about the eye of your heart the eyes of your heart is so filled with the promises of god not what's happening on netflix and youtube is filled with the promises of god god has got an awesome netflix it's called his word you you receive you open anywhere it's a good movie yeah any book is an awesome series yeah. you can watch anything here in this book and i'm telling you your eyes will be full of light and why because you're looking with hope you're looking with hope this god that moved in abraham and sarah's life i can see that movie wow spend time watching that movie sit down take time or oh, take a cup of coffee sit down in your garden or wherever in your quiet room or in your bedroom wherever sit down close your eyes your physical eyes open the eyes of your heart and watch god's interaction with abraham and sarah and i can tell you that would be the most exhilarating movie you ever watch put yourself in abraham's place 100 years old his wife has gone beyond the childbearing age put yourself in the in their places and watch the movie from their eyes and see what it means to live with hope that's the kind of movies that i want to watch not many people are saying amen to that kind of movies but but that's okay that's absolutely okay ladies and gentlemen the, there's a verse in proverbs that says hope deferred makes the heart sick what is he talking about hope deferred it it's hope based on optimism that does not seem to happen makes the heart sick but if your heart the eyes of your heart are filled with the promises of god 
based on the nature, the character and the abilities of God. Now you know that the God of the ancient army, the God of these ancient fathers who was present before time began, He's never been absent. He never sleeps, no slumbers. He's with you. He is with you. He is for you. And He is providing every need according to His riches in Christ Jesus. Now, you have no right to not be joyful. Come on now. One of the ways you know a good Christian is by the joy. The peace. As this assurance of peace, my goodness, everything's going to be okay. I, I just know it. God just spoke to me. Like I love it when people say God spoke to me. I love it. I, I, I think that it's the most coolest thing ever. I, because I say it, God spoke to me. It doesn't mean that it that what I'm saying has to be the final authority. No, what he's saying is final authority. I'm just obedient to him. But when God speaks to you, that's the position of the heart. The position of the heart is I value what he has to say to me. But when I value what he has to say, he embeds into that word a little virtue called hope. And now that hope gets on the inside of us and begins to show us a movie. It begins to project a movie. I'll get into it a little more deeper. And as it as he projects a movie of my future, I don't need to see the present. The present circumstances don't dictate my future. That's why I'm saying your future is greater than your past because it is filled with hope. So I'd love for you now to go in your Bible to Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to have a fun time with God's word today. Yes. Hebrews chapter 11. Hope is futuristic. You must understand. We've misunderstood the role or the definitions of faith and hope. And we've confused faith with hope. And we've confused hope with faith. And we must understand that hope is futuristic. Hope is unseen. Hope is not about present. Hope is not about the past. Faith is about the past. Faith is always based on your experiences or the testimony of God moving in someone's life in the past. And so because of that, now you have faith. But faith and hope, ladies and gentlemen, always go hand in hand. They're never separated. They should never be separated. Every time you have faith, you always have hope. Every time you always have hope, you have faith. Okay, so now we're going to go uh, into Hebrews 11 and we're going to talk about, we're going to spend a, a bit of time talking about faith. But I want you to now see the larger picture of hope. Hope is not based on the past or the present. But hope is based on the future. And it is unseen. Yeah. And it needs to remain unseen. Okay? Now, Hebrews 11. It says, Now faith, listen to the language now, okay? I know we know this verse. But I want you to listen to it like you've never heard it before. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. Okay? That's it. Now listen to me now. Okay? Now, 
Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Now, faith is the substance. Faith is the substance. Not what you hope for is the substance. The thing is not the substance. But faith is the substance. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Faith. The thing is not the substance of faith that you hope for. But faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. So faith is the evidence of things not seen. So faith is a substance. How do you get faith, brother? I love what Emmanuel said. Actually, the Bible said it first and Emmanuel preached a little bit later. But he says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hearing and hearing by the word. Faith comes, the substance of faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Listen to the language. Listen to how I'm communicating it. It's very important. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So which means faith is in the word and faith is the substance of God interacting with humanity. So when we want faith to mature on the inside, when I want faith for a breakthrough, when I, want to, when I want to exercise faith and I don't have faith for a breakthrough, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to go in to look into the past. I'm going to look into the word. Why? Because faith comes by the word. Come on now, I'm teaching. Faith comes by the word. It comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So which means faith comes, the substance of faith comes by hearing the word. So every time I hear the word, I'm seeing now in the past, now the word of God, now God spoke for thousands of years. There's a lot of faith in this book. There's a lot of faith in the testimonies of Life Church Global since 2015. Why do you think our people find it so easy to talk to angels? And give instructions to angels to commission them and and pour water on a phone and get it to be charged full battery. I mean, where do you think that comes from? It's faith, a substance that grows because of hearing. That child who poured the water on the phone was in, in in it was a little baby in our church. But she was hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word. She was by the word. She was hearing by the word. And so now we must understand, faith is a substance. It's a substance, which means you can feel it. You can touch it on the inside of you. You can, you know it's there. You feel different. When faith, it's like you put your phone in your pocket and you walk around and your jeans are tight. You know, some skinny jeans. You put it in your pocket. You know your jeans, your phone is in your pocket when you're walking. That's what I'm talking about. When you receive a promise from God, when you receive a promise from God, 
If you're not having faith, then you have not believed the promise. If you did not receive a substance of faith that has moved you, that has made you heavier, that has, you feel something is on the inside of you, that something is different about you now. It means that you were not believing the word. You were listening but not hearing. Hearing means that you were believing while you were listening to the word. That's what hearing is. You're, you're hearing. When you start hearing, you're looking for applications, areas of your life to apply the word. That's why you're hearing the word. Otherwise, you're just listening. See, look, a lot of people listen to the word in the car, but when they get out of the car, they're caught into an environment. But when you sit down at home and you hear the word, now you're in a position to look through your life. You're scanning through your life. Where do I need to apply this word? Okay, I found a place. Okay, good. Next point, I found a place. Okay, next point, I found a place. I received that word. I believe that word. I'm taking that word right now, God. I, I, I received that word. I, I, I love that word, God. Thank you for teaching me that promise. Thank you for giving me that promise. I believe you. I believe that the one who gave me this promise... I fully saw how you are so faithful to your people in the book. Yeah. I saw your work. I believe that you are able to do what you promised me. What you did for them, I know you'll do it for me. Amen. That is what faith looks like. That is what faith and hope looks like together. So now, faith, ladies and gentlemen, is, if I can say it like this, faith is the seed bed of your heart that God prepares to plant a seed of hope. Faith is very, very important to hope. Faith is the seed bed that God prepares by giving you His promises so that now when you now fill your heart with what God has done, the testimonies of Him moving, and you, you now take on this adventure of discovering His personality, His character, His attributes. You saw it in Abraham's life, Sarah's life, David's life. Wow, this is who He is. It's not just a story. He's presenting Himself to me. And so now I understand who He is. That's where faith begins to grow. When you take a personal decision to pursue, to understand his character, his nature and his abilities in the past. Now, when you have that in you, you have faith. When he comes to you now, because look, just like Jesus says, when, he, when the son of man comes, will he find faith? He's looking for that seed bed. He's looking for the perfect ground to plant seeds. So now he comes, he looks at your heart and he says, wow, this guy knows me. This guy, this girl knows me. Their heart is full of faith. Now I'm going to take a promise and I'm going to plant it in their heart. And so now they give you a promise. He said, I'm going to call you into ministry. I'm going to call you as a businessman. I'm going to call you as an architect. I'm going to call you as an artist. I'm going to give you gifts as a musician. I'm going to give you gifts to do business. I'm going to give you... He's just freeloading it now. He's just giving and giving and giving. And all you're doing now is writing a letter saying, from God to John. 
And the whole thing now, he's beginning to describe. In January, I'm going to do this for you. In February, I'm going to do this for you. In the first week of March, this is what the breakthrough I've got for you. In, in, in April, in May, he's, he's literally put down every single day of his interaction with you about your future. But it's not yet materialized. But somehow on the inside, you believe it's already happened. Why? It's because in that bed of faith, he's just planted a seed of hope. And now, all of a sudden, you have hope now. You wake up in the morning, you have a reason to go to work. Why? Because he's making you a businessman. So you serve your boss, even though he's Pharaoh, you serve him because God is using Pharaoh now to prepare you for the promised land. Come on now, come on. You've got to understand that, that, the, that the Egyptians taught the Israelites a lot of things that the Israelites did not know themselves. How to read the stars. How to, yeah, okay, not to, go, not to get into too much of a history. But you must understand that your present captivity is a school of learning so that you can step into a future that God has prepared for you. Don't disregard your captivity right now because that is your place of promise. The Bible says in the book of Hosea that he is taking the valley of Achor and making it into a door of hope. That word Achor means destruction. He, if you are feeling like you're in this, these years have been, oh, this COVID has come and destroyed everything and like, oh my God, like, oh, it's just so much to die. No, I don't know what to do about my future. Guess what? The problem is you're looking to man to create your future. You're looking to man to create your future. But I want to encourage you. God is not intimidated by COVID. God is not intimidated by COVID. COVID has a purpose. He's keeping you indoors so that he can equip you. This is a time of learning for the church. See, we're too afraid of change. But change is good, ladies and gentlemen. We have to learn to adapt. It makes us stronger. But you have to be very smart, life is global. Don't just go through the motions of what is happening. If the river, the wind blows this way, don't go that way. Just stop and find out what has God said to you. I will base my entire life on a word from God. You must understand that. Whether man hates me or loves me, it's immaterial. If God has spoken, <laughs> stay focused on that. And eventually, all things around you will start working out for you. See, if the church doesn't communicate a message of hope, when there's destruction in the world, where would the world go to? It has to come to the place that gives them hope. Not politicized, not taking sides, but only taking God's side. And this is what I want to encourage you today as a church. Don't get caught up with what is happening in politics. Don't get caught up whether this vaccine's right, this government's right, this hearing, that hearing. Don't get caught up. Keep your hearing upon the Lord. Stay, keep your ears upon God. What is God saying to me? This is what I'm doing. 
and I'm going to stay focused, keep my joy level up, allow the joy of the Lord to become my strength. That is how it happens, ladies and gentlemen. Right. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hebrews 11, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So which means faith now, like I said, is the is the seedbed of the heart. But faith, when you when you mature in faith by hearing more of the word of God and understanding his personality, now faith becomes a sort of a projector that begins to project your future. That future that it's projecting is called hope. You must understand this, very important. So if you if you were to receive faith, I want faith, brother, I receive and I'm receiving the promises of God. And now I believe the, the nature, character and abilities of God in how He is in the testimonies in people's lives. Now, faith begins to, like a projector, needs to be connected to a promise. As that promise enters into the projector now, it begins to project into your life. It begins to project into your future the life that you will experience according to the promises of God. Now, as you mature, as you pursue God more, as you pursue to know Him more, His personality, His character, His nature, His abilities, His virtues, as you go more for Him, the clarity of hope begins to increase. So you begin to see your future clearly. The resolution begins to get HD and HD, D, 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 D. Very much HD. To a point where now, the future that you see in your heart is more reliable than the current circumstances around you. That is why faith and hope are very important. They work hand in hand. Right. Now, I want to ask you this question. Why was Abraham called the father of faith? Right? We see this, this chapter. It says, by faith Abraham obeyed. This is verse 8. Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place which, which he would receive as an inheritance and he went out not knowing where he was going. Right? Now, I'm just, I just read that verse so that you understand that Abraham was called a father of faith because Abraham did not have a point of reference of God moving in his past. He was the first guy. You must understand, he was the first guy. We are not called fathers of faith because we have points of reference of God moving in people's lives. But for Abraham, it, the reason why it was accounted to him as righteousness, right? His account opened as righteousness because he had no one to tell him. He had, didn't go to Life Church Global where he heard testimonies of God moving in people's lives. He never heard the voice of God before, but somehow he heard the voice of God. He picked up his belongings and his family and he went to a land that he did not know. He just followed the voice. That's why he's called the father of faith, which means he was the first one to live with no point of reference. But for us, ladies and gentlemen, today we have points of reference. Every time God has moved in the Bible, it's a point of reference. Now we can look at that point of reference as a projection now of our future. 
We look at that point of reference as the, the very fertilizer that, that matures the soil of our hearts. The, the very thing that creates the, that increases the definition of the projector. So you've got to look at the Bible as, as something, as a maturing process. I'm getting to something now. When you read the scripture, your faith has to mature. Otherwise, you will see dimly. Your future, you're not, you're not projecting as far as possible. See, when we say we have long life, what do we mean? I can see the future. The projector in me, that based on the promise that God gave us now, the projector is projecting long life. I can see life to global. Everybody who believes this promise now living a long life. We, we are age reversal miracles. We, I can see now in the future. I can see age reversal miracles. Weight loss happening. You know, bald people having hair growing back again. You know, testosterone in all the men coming back up again. You know, all these the hormones of the women balancing. All of that stuff. Estrogen going down. Look, you can see all these miracles happening. Obese people who come to church start losing weight instantly. You must understand. Life to global becoming fit. We can see this into the future. We're projecting based on, the, on this project of faith. Where? Where did this come from? Oh, I saw David. God and David. God and Jonathan. God and Abraham. Oh, wow. So when you look at your Bible, don't look at it as just a story. It is the very fertilizer that matures faith on the inside of you. So that the clarity of your life, the projection of your life is a lot more, the resolution of your life, of your future is a lot more clearer. You can see details as the faith begins to mature. Very important that you understand this, right? Now, as soon as Abraham believed, he started living with hope. Right? Now, I want you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Now, most times people read this during weddings. And it's alright, but, <laughs> but it's, it's in the Bible for a reason, not just for weddings. And I want you now to read this portion of scripture with me, not from the context of love. We're talking about hope now. Okay? So if, if, you're, if you're maturing now, now you'll understand what I'm trying to say. I'm not talking about love. Okay? We're talking about hope. We're talking about how faith and hope work together. Okay? And we're talking about how we're maturing. Okay? Now, verse 8 starts off by saying this. Love never fails. Somebody say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. After that, there's a full stop. So that means we'll just leave that aside. Okay? He says, but whether there are prophecies, listen to my language very carefully, okay? But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Is it in the Bible? Is it in the Bible? Right. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Is it in the Bible? It's in your Bible, right? Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. Is it there? Okay, verse 9. Why would it vanish away? For we know in part and we prophesy in part. Right, so which means people who prophesy today, men and women who prophesy, men and women who give you the knowledge of the word, 
men and women who speak with eloquent speeches and shata rabba kutate rabba mabu satede thus says the lord interpretation of tongues all of those gifts ladies and gentlemen he's saying we know only in part and we prophesy only in part which means your pastor doesn't know everything whatever he god is teaching him he's teaching you that's what he's trying to say here he's saying men are not all knowing okay so which means where there are prophecies they will fail why because man is not all knowing don't put your faith in man come on now this is the maturing aspect of it okay i'm listen i very secure to preach this okay for we know in part and we prophesy in part but when that which is perfect has come who is he talking about he's talking about christ perfecting the man then that which is in part will be done away with then he goes on to say when i was a child i spoke as a child i understood as a child i thought as a child but when i became a man mature when i matured i put away these childish things what childish things is he talking about childish things means i'm building my faith and my projecting my hope my future based on knowing in part prophesying in part so childish is not god's word and god's promises it's your faith in a man who is not all knowing when you're childish you will depend on the bible study of the pastor but you have none of your own oh come on now i love life church global right he's saying this so prophecies tongues and knowledge this is knowledge of god all these come to us in part and god is in this season or oh, since the beginning god does it with man like that in part he just gives it in part doesn't give all of it because he wants you to pursue him he wants you to put your faith in him he doesn't want you to put your faith in pastor john <laughs> it is childish to put your faith in pastor john i'm not saying don't trust pastor john but your faith that part of your heart is only designed for god an incomplete man cannot take the place of god look for we know in part we prophesy in part when i was a child i spoke like a child understood like a child and thought like a child but when i became a man i put these childish things away what is the childish things i go to church because i want to receive the knowledge and revelation of god why because i don't get revelation for myself why because i don't pursue god for myself childish sorry definition of the bible 
I'm just trying to <laughs> I'm just telling you I'm just telling you what the Bible is saying okay but it's truth now look listen to me now verse 12 for now when we're childish we see in a mirror dimly but then face to face oh come on man this is amazing so which means as long as pastor john is your source of revelation you're only going to see dimly as long as td jakes benny him you know just name someone great mighty men of god <laughs> just cover all mighty men mighty women past present and the future all of them put together that we give you know my money to every month and we subscription all of that stuff all the things that we do we put our faith in them it's childish he sing for now every time you listen to pastor john and the revelation causes you now for your faith to grow your future is seen dimly you're seeing your future in low resolution look my job is to point you to him my job is not to point you to me i am very secure in that my job is well done when you are transformed into his image and likeness when he saying this for now we see in a mirror dimly but then face to face what is he saying when every single child of god every single person in the world every single believer in god's word begins to see god for himself he's beginning to pursue god for himself he's looking into the scripture and he desires to know god's personality god's character god's ability god's power God's nature how God deals with people how God what is God's grace what is God's righteousness what 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 is how how does Jesus have faith who is Jesus the man who is Christ look where does his revelations come from we get wowed by man nobody talked about Christ before yeah nobody talked about Christ because John sat down one day and said god i want to know Christ God I want to know Christ God and I and I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and God began to show me from Genesis to Revelation who Christ is and I was so excited that I wanted to share it with you but if your 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 faith is based on my bible study my revelation ladies and gentlemen you don't have mature faith so which means you're living with optimism And so now hope deferred makes the heart sick. It means that when you have when you're seeing your future dimly, it you 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 anticipate certain things, you have joy for certain things, but then after when they don't happen, that joy goes away. But then Pastor John said this about God. Yeah, but what Pastor John has to say only should add value to what you already know. the only source of faith and god moving in people's lives is the testimonies that Kelsey and I share with you from this pulpit then your your hope that you have for your future is so dim but if your faith is based on your own pursuit of god 
your own revelation. Him speaking to you every day. Revealing himself, revealing his glory. And then you saying, God, wow, this is what you did in the Bible. Wow, what an awesome promise that you gave Abraham. Oh, it says that even I'm a part of the seed of Abraham. So which means I also get the, wow, wow, what a promise. Thank you, God, I believe you. And now you create your own relationship with God based on what he is revealing to you about himself. He's revealing himself. Now you begin to create this life with him. God wants to have a life with you. Not just the church, not just the worship team, not just life experience, not just your life group. He wants to have you. He won't settle for anything less, but he'll wait for you to mature. But the day you say, God, I get it. This is about me and you. I'm going to pursue you. I want to try to understand you. What, 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 how can I live a life that is pleasing to you? Not just attendance now. Now you realize, oh, he's at the recording of the service. Okay, I need to be there because I, I so love him, man. I love Jesus. I love his presence. I love, I love it when he shows up in the life groups. He shows up. So I'm going to show up where he shows up. You, you see, you, you, you have this joyful anticipation of encountering him. Why? Because the more you encounter him, the more you study him, the more you become a student of Christ, you begin to recognize his presence here. His presence here. Oh, I walked into this place and I, whoo, wow, whoa. You, you, you have these encounters with God in different parts of the room. And now you're like, wow, he's here. And you completely forget what is happening in the economy. And you completely forget all the politics that are happening all around. And this person doesn't like this person and that person doesn't. Everybody's speaking nonsense. What is happening? I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I'm busy. What are you busy with? God. God is my busyness. I want to pursue God. I want to encounter Him. I'm not just depending on my husband's revelation or my wife's revelation. Awesome, that revelation stirred a hunger in me. How come you didn't tell me that? Like when I listen to people and I get and they share revelation, I'm like, why you didn't tell me that? How come I have to hear about you from somebody else? You see, that's my hunger. And I'm sharing my hunger with you because I want you to know that God loves it. He loves it when you pursue it. When Pastor John gives you better revelation than God does, there's a problem. Now, not everybody is there. But you can start somewhere. You can today you can start somewhere. You can go home now from, from after life group and, and or actually at life group, you can start a life group actually. After life group begins, just sit down and watch how God is interacting with people. Where's God moving right now? Okay, can't feel it, can't see it, can't, I don't know, I don't know. Okay, I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna go home, go home, I'm looking to the start reading the scriptures. Okay, I can't I can't feel pastor, I can't sense, I can't see, I don't know what is happening. Okay, good. Can you see? Can you read English? Good. Open your Bible. Start with the book of Genesis. Start by hearing God said in the beginning. In the beginning, God said, let there be light. Oh, God speaks then. Oh yeah, he does. Start there. Like become a child and look at the scriptures like you've never read them before. But pursue his personality. Pursue his character. 
pursue understanding his nature and his abilities. And I'm telling you, that's exactly what you need to have faith on the inside of you. If you have faith on the inside of you now, you're ready for the promises of God. You're just a walking readiness over there. You're walking around, you're going to life group, you're waiting because there's a promise that's going to come. And then suddenly at life group, at, at, during the service, doing a testimony, boom, thus says the Lord. And you're sitting there going, whoa, I receive it as a promise for my life. And now you begin to see your life through the lens of the promise. You're not looking at just the promise. Why? Okay, this is going to happen. Now you're seeing yourself. You're going to work as a businessman. If God gave you a promise that you'll be a businessman, go to your job currently right now and start working at your job and looking at every aspect of business and studying it in your company. And then begin to go to work. Dress up like a businessman. Carry a briefcase like a businessman. Wear the suit of a businessman. Whatever you want to do, that is your description of businessman. But do it from the lens that God is speaking. Don't do it because somebody gave you a prophetic word saying you are called into business. You have to receive a promise because you know God. I know God. I heard His voice. I recognize that this language doesn't come from anybody else but from God. And that I receive. Look, a lot of people have given me prophetic words over my life. From the time I've been a child, many mighty men and women of God have prayed for me and all of that stuff. But it pales in comparison to one moment with God. When God touched my life, I stood up and I was never the same again. I've had people pray for me for hours, even in tongues. <laughs> I know I didn't change. People around me thought I changed. But I know I didn't change. But something happened in that hill station in Lonavla. When a man sang, this is my story, this is my song. He said, blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Something happened in that atmosphere. And I got caught up into recognizing God. I'm a pastor's son, but I was rebelling in my heart. Until a moment where God came and arrested my heart. And this man came through the crowd. Because he says, somebody in this room, there's about 300 kids. Somebody in this room, God is calling into ministry now and you know that God spoke to you. And I put my hand up. I'm like, why are you going up? <laughs> No control. I couldn't even control my hand. And then he walked through the room and he said, God's got a call on your life. I knew it wasn't him talking to me because God told me this himself. The same words. But then he used that vessel because it was available to remind me it was time. It was time. Okay, all your stuff that you're doing, it's time. 
Now I want you. It's time for you to step into what I've called you to do. And he laid hands on me and I was out for hours. People tried to pick me up couldn't couldn't I wasn't fat but they could, I was <laughs> I was I was hit by the glory of God. I knew what was happening around me but my body was just absolutely no response. They left me all of them at night went had dinner and I'm still in that dark room by myself. My senses are fully awake but my body is saying good night. And that man came back for me. That preacher came back for me. And he sat down and he spoke to me. And he says, there was a war for your life. But God has won. Ever since that day, rebellion turned into revolution. And I took it upon myself from that day on to become a student of God. I don't care what anybody says. I know him. I know what he says. I know what he's done for me. I know who he is to me. I know what he's done for my wife. I know what he's done for my family. I know that when he gives me a promise and that if I hold on to it that he will see it come to pass. I know. I know. I know. I know. Do we go through hardships? Yes, we do. But we don't feel the pain because we're feeling the joy of the Lord. This message is a message of encouragement not only just for you but it's for the thousands and thousands of people who will listen to this message one day and realize I've been a Christian a low resolution Christian. And this is an invitation for all of us for an upgrade to a higher resolution life 2022 is a year where we will experience this ladies and gentlemen i'm not just saying it because i want you to feel happy this is the word of the lord and god is inviting you to test john's word whatever john said right now go and test it and i want you to pursue god i really desire Everyone in life says global to stop hiding in your houses. Come for life group. Stop hiding offline. Get online and chat. Because that's where Jesus is. Become a student of Jesus. Become a student of God's presence. Become a lover of his presence. Just fall in love. Every time you hear worship, just oh my god, just allow the presence of God to just allow the Holy Spirit to love on Jesus through you in worship. That's what happens. That's what happens to me. I'm I'm just a bystander of God loving God during worship. I'm listening to God sing and I'm like, "Wow, you have a phenomenal voice, God." I'm not thinking John is such an anointed man. I'm thinking, "Oh my goodness, this anointing is awesome." <laughs> But it's him. I love him. I love how he would take in nobody. 
They could not even communicate. Let me tell you, before Life Church Global, I preached one message in seven years and I stood like this. This was how I was holding the mic. Cotton mouth and everything. Never got an opportunity after that. But even though I didn't have an opportunity, now I talk too much. Must understand. I had to be held captive. <laughs> I didn't crip and cry. Look at me. Oh man, they don't like me. They didn't give me an opportunity. They didn't do this. No, no, no. I just said, oh, oh hold on a minute. No opportunity? Good. I'm going to use this time to get to know him. I'm going to get to know him. I'm going to get to know him. And I pursued him. Kelsey used to be a flight attendant and she used to fly to another country. I would have sometimes three, four days in the, in the house. I take my guitar and I start worshiping. I sit in front of a wall and worship team. You can do this. Don't, don't do it as a worship team. You can do it by yourself. <laughs> sit in front of the wall and I would sing songs to God. Sing songs. Oh, I love you. I love you. I'll sing every song I know. And somehow I'm like, what is God trying to teach me now? And then he would say, sing songs not written by somebody else. Sing the songs that I will sing through you. Sing the songs that I will sing through you. So I said, okay. So which means singing songs requires hearing the songs that you sing within me. I get it. All right. So now I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen. He'll say, I want you to play a chord right now. Just play that chord. And then I'll play it. And then I'll feel the pleasure of the Father in the sound that comes from that chord on the guitar. I'll be so in awe of how he feels when I strum a chord. And then I would I'll listen to the resonance of that chord and I would look to see how he feels in me. And then all of a sudden, I started hearing a song, a sound. And then, like all human beings do, I started copying him. I just copy God. I just copy what I hear the Holy Spirit sing. That's what I do. What am I doing right now? I'm just doing what the Holy Spirit does. This is life. This is our life. This is what it means to live with hope. Ladies and gentlemen, I've stood on stages and I've played a chord and people have come out of wheelchairs. But I know it's not me. I know it's the Holy Spirit interacting with the Father, with Jesus, manifesting the presence to heal someone in the room. But I needed to be obedient to hear that chord. See, a lot of us think that there's a there's a method to doing this Christian thing. Like I need to do this, become a pastor, become a prophet, teacher, I have to go to the school. I want to encourage you, the new covenant says that God will be our God. He will be our teacher. And He wants to teach you. This is what it means to live in hope. It's an invitation to maturity. It's not dependency on man, but it's dependency on God. And so today I want to, in closing, I just want to pray for you right now. Father, I pray for every single person that is 
watching us, that's in the room, that's watching us right now. Father, I thank you that your presence, wow, is so amazing. Holy Spirit, you are so amazing. And I love you. Lord, I want the world to know today that I am so in love with you. Lord, I thank you for every single person that is gathered today that is hearing your word father i pray that they would step into a place of maturing today maturing mature sons mature sons that we would put all these childish things away and we would pursue you we would pursue your presence we pursue understanding you your personality your character your joy your righteousness your grace lord we want to be students of you so today i pray that there be a grace upon our church right now and everybody listening to become students of the presence of god students of the word of god students of the character the nature and the abilities of god we would build our faith not based on what man teaches us but what your word teaches us god lord your word says that every scripture is inspired by the holy spirit so we know that the holy spirit wrote through this entire book and so we read it not as the stories of man but your interaction with man and i'm interested in your interaction i'm seeing how you interact with man because i want to know you god and lord i pray this hunger would begin to arise on the inside of every single human being on the planet not just life to us global every single human being because you are releasing a year of hope this is a year of hope 2022 hope is being infiltrated Amen. hope is entering into every home right now hope is entering into every person right now Amen. hope is entering into every business right now hope is entering into every family right now so we just release hope right now god a measure of hope a measure of faith that every single person today will begin to build their projector they will begin to build their ground the grounds of their heart so that they can begin to project a life filled with hope in Jesus name and all God's people said amen, amen. bless you church amen. man have an adventurous week discovering god we love you bless you come on